Welcome back to the 20 minute snippet. It's been quite a while, but I think it's important that, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I try to live authentically and kind of behave authentically and just do things from a place of genuine um, feeling. So I never want to record this podcast if I feel uninspired. I just want to record it when I feel that a message needs to be said. Um, And so I think this one was particularly important to discuss. I know that there are a lot of things that we could say about pain. Um, We all go through, you know, pain, emotional pain, physical pain, traumatic pain, which I guess, you know, could be either physical or emotional, but for any pain you experience, it often can leave a mark. And I think that that mark can either help us or hurt us. Um, So I'm going to get into the idea of pain as a source of potential strength and that the mark it leaves doesn't necessarily have to be something that we hate on our bodies or in our minds or in our hearts. It can just be something that we are aware of and appreciate because it makes us more ourselves. And that's not to say all pain or all difficult stuff is for, you know, the positive. You know, I would never want to invalidate anyone's experience. This is just offering a potential way to look at pain differently rather than imposing judgment on someone's experience and whether or not they should feel pain. This idea is not necessarily new. There are a lot of spiritual teachers or philosophers or theological academics who look at the concept of pain and how it can actually benefit your life, which I know sounds incredibly counterintuitive. How could something that affects you so negatively be the source of your greatest strength. Glennon Doyle writes in her book Untamed basically that your pain can become your saving grace in a way and not in necessarily a religious context but more in a personal context where your pain can transform your life into something ultimately better. There are very emotional and painful times I have experienced, just like anyone else, just, you know, human beings. And oftentimes, through the suffering, is when I understand the most, and I am able to look at things for what they were later in life. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, everyone says, but it, I think it allowed me to, I would ask you to think of a time when, you know, you had something particularly painful happen to you. You know, I talk in another episode about optimism, growth, and resilience, but this is more, you know, the experience of pain. Think of a time where you felt particular pain about something or sad, anger, resentment, um, even maybe a physical pain or a physical incident that left you, you know, unable to play a certain sport or do a certain instrument or that type of thing. Just think of something that hurt you. Just think of somebody or just anything that hurt you. But particularly try to think of a time where you feel as if you've healed from it. So for me, you know, that would be 
I don't know, you could think of a breakup, but there are a lot of times where people have maybe disappointed me or let me down. Um, and I spoke in the first episode about pedestals and disappointments, and that's kind of where you get the awareness from, is through that negative experience you're able to see where your own wounds are. So, yeah, think of a time like that where you experienced something and you were able to look at it in a different light, you know. And I would ask you, how long ago was it? What was your life like at that point, you know? And what were you dealing with? And then I would ask you to think, where are you now? What allowed you to see things differently? And for a lot of us, it's time. Time to think, time to process. But for some of us, we still kind of carry the wounds of a certain point in time that affected us, and that time stays with us. You know, we're not able to heal that part. We still look at that person with pain and, again, you know, resentment or grief or that situation with, I don't want to say hatred, but a strong aversion to it. And obviously I think that's human. I think that's normal. But I don't know if it's very healthy. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist, so I can't say specifically what specific people's problems are. You know, I'm not credentially qualified, so I'm just kind of spewing my advice here. But I think that we view pain so inaccurately. We tend to say, why me? I know so many people have probably heard this quote. Why well, say, why me, when it's really for you or something? I'm not trying to, again, invalidate anyone's emotions towards something. But it's the perfect opportunity. Sorry, I had to move rooms because my dad was playing the guitar. Um, <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, it sounds weird to think that pain is an opportunity for growth, but what else would it be? <laughs> I think that seeing pain as something that is both purposeless and pointless limits us because we're unable to see the larger implications of it. We're unable to see the grander, oftentimes more important lesson of the pain. And it does sound difficult to look at it positively. I'm not saying you have to look at it positively right off the bat, but why do we victimize ourselves and see pain as the most difficult thing? And it's supposed to be difficult for a reason, right? I was reading Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, and he talks about how a rock can transform into a diamond under large amounts of pressure. And I know people use that quote a lot, but I think how I want to use it more so is the pressure of the circumstances in which you're in that are causing you pain and emotional difficulty. That that all-encompassing feeling of hardship and intense pain, it will be over at some point because everything is temporary. And if you can experience it, and if you can give yourself the respect to f experience it fully, 
and you might be averse to it at first. I'm the advice I give. I'm never going to say I do it perfectly, and I don't think that makes me a hypocrite. I think that makes me human, and it doesn't matter if you do it perfectly. It's a practice. But anyway, you don't have to be comfortable with pain at first. You don't have to enjoy it or <laughs> like have fun with it. Like you can experience it and say that it sucks, but try to refrain from seeing it as something done to you personally because yes it is personal and at the same time it is not personal at all it is entirely facilitation of a grander concept and I don't again I don't all of these ideas you can read them in a religious context a spiritual context um kind of like a theological academic context or you can just view them if you're not religious at all just view them as you know your internal compass and your common sense and your own I don't want to say common sense that sounds very um, aggressive like use your common sense but if you don't you know necessarily align with a spirituality and this podcast isn't necessarily about spirituality it's more about you know philosophical understanding and identification um if you i'm sorry if that sounded incredibly wordy but if you're not necessarily someone who believes in you know the grander scheme of things and you don't necessarily believe in um you know kind of like a purpose well, maybe you believe in a purpose but no like divine path or anything everyone has different ideas about that so if that's the way you see it i would just it's kind of like a coping mechanism, you know? Looking at pain as a source of strength can be a coping mechanism. It can be a healthier coping mechanism for a lot of the things we do. Because the thing is, this is just another alternative to anything someone else has been doing at that moment, whether it be, you know, maybe being emotionally numb or avoidant or angry or upset or harboring resentment or partying more, drinking more, smoking more, blocking people out, using people to fulfill something in you, entering into too many relationships, being opposed to relationships at all. Anything that feels out of balance, a coping mechanism is a coping mechanism, right? Therapists know this. A coping mechanism is a coping mechanism. Whatever it is, if it helps you cope, it helps you cope at the time. And sometimes it's not the healthiest, but you're not at the place where you can see the healthier part. So if you feel like you're at a point where these coping mechanisms or these ways to deal with pain or kind of understand the implications of it are not necessarily working anymore, or if they themselves are causing you pain in a situation that is already bringing you enough pain, looking at pain as an opportunity or a chance for self-improvement can be really important. And when I mean self-improvement, and growth. I mean, I do want to get more specific into this because there are a lot of general topics I'm talking about. And I mean, maybe they're helping you relate to your own life and think about your own specific instances. But more than that, I want to talk about how, you know, pain, the nuances or the details of pain and the pain process is what I guess I'll call it how the pain process is pain in every part of it has a different role and a different function in your life. The beginning of the pain and the end of the pain serve different purposes, right? Which is what I mean. 
So when you start feeling something deeply emotional, you know, if you have experienced the loss of someone you love, a loved one, and, or, you know, someone is sick or something is happening to someone you love or something has happened to you or whatever, you are kind of left with this unsettled feeling like, oh my gosh. I mean, for me personally, it kind of feels like someone dropped like an intense amount of weight in my stomach and it's pulling me down. That's what it feels like to hear bad news. So you hear this bad news and you, it's not easy, you know, this is not something you can get over overnight unless you're a very, you know, emotionally evolved person. But even then, I think getting over it overnight is kind of an unhealthy coping mechanism in itself because you might not be dealing with the emotional residue. So you experience this thing and you feel this pit in your stomach and you're like, oh crap. (laughs) Oh no. I what? How does my, where, what, what, so many questions surround your mind. Where, what do I do about this? How do I deal with this? How is this going to impact my life or someone else's life? Or there are so many questions that arise. There's so much unknown. And I think a fear of pain can often point to a fear of the unknown because after that thing is gone and we feel that pain, we don't know how to get out of it sometimes. Um, I guess this is true, you know, maybe if anyone has ever struggled with depression, there's a lot of unknown in depression. How long is it going to last? How long, you know, and if you have clinical or chronic depression, then I guess that's something you just have to come to terms with. But if you're someone who has a circumstantial depression, and I guess you can have that in in addition to the chronic or clinical depression, if you're someone who has depression because something like this happened to you and you're feeling a lot of pain and it is following you everywhere you go, I would say the beginning function of pain is to let it follow you. Let it encompass you, not to the point where you hurt yourself, but you know, um, if you feel like you will, then obviously reach for help, but And if someone doesn't feel like it stems from fear of the unknown, then there is a potential root of it, right? You know, fear, just generally, you know, sadness, loss of hope, etc. And so you feel that and you're going through it, you're going through it. This is step one. You're dealing with it. You're like, oh my gosh, you feel the worst. And step two, I would say, is the hopelessness. The hopelessness of when things get worse and they just get worse and you know, you already have the news about the thing, but now everything looks gray and dim and just stale and life doesn't really have a flavor anymore. It just kind of feels like, like stale bread, (laughs) how I can describe it. Stale bread, just no taste, no desire, no enjoyment. And I get that that's pretty much the definition of depression when you experience that, you you know, you might feel self-blame, you might feel anger, you might feel a lot of things, but it feels almost tunnel vision-like. You're unable to see beyond what's happening because, you know, in the step before, you, you see what's happening and you're like, oh crap, you know, you, there's kind of panic potentially or just disappointment. But when you're in this kind of tunnel vision phase, you, nothing is anywhere and everything is nowhere. It's, it's gone. It's like a bookcase without books. You know, the books were there and you were able to see the, the 
facts them and read it and everything and that's what life was and perhaps you could enjoy it you know if you didn't have experiences with depression or even if you did sometimes you might have felt like that but when you find out this thing it's like the bookshelf has emptied of all the books there's nothing to read you don't want to read there's nowhere to go and you're looking at this empty shelf and you think this is what it is and you sit there and you try to understand how this came to be and then I think in the next step is someone hands you a book and you, little by little, start to rebuild your bookshelf. I think for a lot of people, step three, you know, someone could be in your life and have a support, or you could be this for yourself. Maybe you are the person handing yourself the book to fill in your empty, empty bookshelf that one day you woke up and there were no books in it. And I hope this metaphor makes sense. You know, because you're looking at this emptiness it can be hard to look around the room <laughs> and see that oh my gosh there's another cabinet filled with books or oh my gosh there's someone who is filling the books in again it can be hard to see that and no matter how many signs are given to you and no matter how blaring this advice is it can feel really difficult to see anything beyond um and so here's where i want to kind of get to the main point if you can pull yourself out of that sadness and that pain and that anger and that grief, and if you are able to look at it for what it is, not necessarily an empty bookshelf in its totality, but an empty bookshelf as part of a room, as part of your whole life, as part of a house, as part of a neighborhood, you know, I think you're able to see how, whether or not you can see the impact of things immediately, you can take a step back and look at even a few more inches of wall or floor, and you can look at things more accurately. It's it's not easy, and it's really, really hard. I'm not going to say it's easy, but when you can do that, and when you can look back at things and look at it neutrally, once you realize that there are more books that exist in the world, you can begin to refill your bookshelf and Perhaps the things that you lost or the things that gave you the pain, the old books on the bookshelf, maybe they weren't things you were interested in reading anymore. Maybe it's time to start a new chapter, literally and figuratively. Maybe it's time to start a new book. Maybe this pain can be a door for you to open to see what you truly, not necessarily desire, but what you truly value and you can finally see what are the things that I have been doing that have been causing myself pain. How have I been limiting my own happiness? How have I been sabotaging myself? And when you feel this pain and you look at it for what it is, you can see your own behaviors that you have maybe contributed to, you know, other people's pain or your own pain. Pain can, again, be an open door to answering more questions or even asking yourself more questions it's like the layer of an onion and so pain can be a starting point for self-discovery and self-awareness and it can be incredibly beautiful and maybe it doesn't feel beautiful but at one point you'll see the beauty in it you know if you can or if you allow yourself and if you can't see the beauty in it then that's okay too sometimes we just have to make it through the hard parts so don't be too rough on yourself if you find it difficult to view 
bad things as somewhat positive. You know, we call them bad for a reason. So again, be kind with yourself, be gentle with yourself, but just allow yourself to see things in a new light and to experience life for what it is, which is a complex, you know, both ups and downs are experienced. In between the good and the bad of life, there is peace in between the high and the low. And I hope that this episode has helped you learn a few things about yourself, be kind to yourself, be nice to yourself, and try to look at pain as something that can help you learn more about yourself. Thanks.